talking to a friend and telling them what I've been up to. The list isn't that long, but one of them is that I'm, quote, still doing this podcast. We're about to talk about season two, episode 11 of Pretty Little Liars. And they said to me, Chris, why are you doing this? Because I told them I'm not getting paid, of course, you know. And then I told them, you know, there's a there's a good two years left, right? At least two and a half years. Two, two and a half years of, of recording this. And they said, why are you doing this? And you know what, folks? The simple answer is, I'm invested. We are going to figure out who A is. And I'm very excited to tell all of you listening, we have our biggest clue yet. And I'm going to make some bold predictions in this episode. I think we know who A is. I think we know. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's A. Season 2, Episode 11, I Must Confess. I Must Confess is the name of the episode title. Previously on, they're going to tell Anne about A. At least Emily is, or planning to. We see Anne seeing an A message. I don't know if you remember a long time ago I asked who else knows who A is aside from the four. Well, Anne's been kind of in the loop for a little bit since the beginning of the season. So it makes sense that they want to tell Anne. I'll recap of Hanley things. And then something, something, it's so funny The previously on. Sometimes they point things out that I didn't even think was something worth pointing out. Hannah and Emily are sharing a room because there's something going on in the room that Emily was going to stay in. Some sort of pipe noise inside the wall, which this is episode 11 of season two. Automatically, I'm like, oh, A's done some shit in the house. Another recap of the Nat Club, whatever the hell that is. Uh, We know that's Jason, Ian, and Garrett. Jenna, apparently, may be a new fourth member. A is a group of people. Another recap of that. Jenna saying only a matter of time before they figure it out, whatever that means. A little recap of where Mike is emotionally. Kate. We see a little bit of Kate in her thing and a little bit of Mona. Uh, we see Emily about to talk to Anne and then the text that comes through through A. Uh, we see Ella spotting Fitz and Spencer in the car. And then we see A's... <laughs> we see A's serial gag is what I put in my notes. The serial gag to end all gags. We start off in Hanley. Emily can't seem to sleep. Uh, she gets a text, but we don't see what the text is. And then about 5.15 in the morning, uh, Emily sneaks out, which uh, really uh, is upsetting. And then, I, and then I had this realization. Could Paige have joined the A group? I didn't even think about that. But Paige might be part of the A group. Anyway, uh, yeah, maybe Noel is recruiting people that the liars have you know, upset in some way. And so Paige could be part of A. Uh, Hannah does wake up, though, when at 5.15 when uh, Emily sneaks out to, and hears her drive off. Emily left her phone at uh, Hanley's. So next morning, everyone's kind of freaking out. Uh, all the three liars are trying to find her. Emily seems to be missing. We just see Emily running in the woods somewhere. And then they find the text message because uh, the phone is in the uh, room. They, she didn't take it with her. It's a picture of Fitz and Ari kissing. And it says, uh, clue Ella in and I'll let you out, dash A. Now this, under previously episodes... This would have played out, right? I mean, we saw this with Hannah and the whole concert thing. Emily's like, I've had enough. I've had enough. So she doesn't actually do it. We see Emily running and running and running. And turns out, Emily knocks on Ann Sullivan's door, Dr. Ann Sullivan, and says, uh, we need to talk. And Ann's like, come on in. And guess what? The other three liars are already there waiting for her. How that worked out? Mm, I don't know. But hey. So it's time. The four liars are like, look, Anne, we're all here. We're worried about Emily, but we're also worried about this person. Who is A? That, so they're about, they're, start, they're about to tell Anne about A stuff. But we cut to, I guess it's the Hastings household, and Toby is digging through dirt as, as per usual. We see the Garrett Mobile, 
parked outside Jason De Laurentiis' house. Now, if you recall, Jason pulled up last night, previous night, and uh, Jason was on the stoop, again, right out of a Tennessee Williams play, and they kind of talked a bit under the moonlight about days gone by, and dreams deferred, and opportunities lost, but, you know, we still live our lives, don't we, Garrett? Garrett's like, yes, we do. But it's the next morning, and Garrett is leaving the De Laurentiis' house looking shady AF, uh, but before you even see that, Toby walks up to the car. The engine is running. Jenna is jamming to a tune, chewing gum and, and putting little balls of gum on the dashboard. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, we see Garrett leaving the house, and he was there all night? Question mark? Definitely looking shady. Toby sees the whole thing. Garrett doesn't seem to see her, and, and Jenna doesn't seem to hear Toby. Or I think Jenna is aware of much more than she lets on. As far as we're concerned from the show's point of view, Garrett and Jenna are not aware that Toby had been there at all. Uh, and Garrett and Jenna Smooch. Come back to Anne's office, Dr. Anne's office. They tell um, Anne what's going on. I guess Anne's like, why not do more? And they're basically like, well, we've been wrong before, i.e. Statue Gate, oh, the whole thing with Spencer. And Anne is apparently the first adult that they have actually told. And she says to them, why did you wait so long? Cut to the school in the quad area. Uh, we have another Jenna eavesdrop thing again where Jenna is... <laughs> Jenna, at least visually to me, could overhear this, but uh, but the show's like, no, 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 she can't hear anything. The Liars did not mention Jenna to Dr. Ann yet. Uh, maybe they will eventually, but they didn't do it yet. Anyway, Tom wants to sue everybody, apparently, as a result of the uh, fashion show. He doesn't really know who he's going to sue. He just wants to sue everyone. That's- and Hannah apparently wants to make this relationship with Kate work. So she's going to be gifting Kate, her new stepsister, horse books. Um, apparently they're used books. I don't know what class this was from or why she has these. Yeah, apparently Hannah's going to uh, gift Kate horse books. Uh, they're apparently used used horse books. I don't know where she got these used books from, why she has them, etc. But she has them and is going to give them to Kate to kind of kind of mend the fences a little bit. Try to get uh, Kate back on uh, friendly terms. I don't know why Hannah really cares, to be honest. Uh, she says it's because that's what dad would want. And she says things are going well with her dad. I don't know. We uh, So as they're having a chat and, they're, and, and the liars are talking, we see Jenna on the phone saying, and she kind of says the same thing over and over again. This is not what we agreed upon or it's not what we agreed upon. This, we, we first start hearing this. And why And why us? You know, that that's kind of the, the question, you know. And then probably the most random thing in this show I've seen since I've started watching this. An older woman enters and introduces herself as Hannah's grandmother. Why did grandma... I mean, we get a justification why she's there. She she needed to get the keys to get into uh, Hannah's house because she, she's staying there for the wedding, I guess? Or for some reason? I didn't think the wedding was here in Rosewood, but apparently it is? I don't know. At any rate, grandma comes to the high school to get the keys from Hannah. So freaking random. And comes up to Hannah, finds her. Like, what? At any rate, grandma Hannah enters... <laughs> enters the room and uh did there's a dinner tomorrow uh she needs the house keys and then we hear again jenna saying it's not what we'd read upon we don't know what that refers to but she's clearly having a, an argument with somebody i'm gonna guess it's our boy the delivery guy i forget his name off the top of my head the guy who i keep getting surprised keeps showing up on the show i think it's going to be a delivery guy oh i just had a theory about that what if allison got to delivery guy hmm anyway Cut to Byron and Ella. Uh, they're talking about Mike. Um, and there's a, again, with this show, I'm not quite sure how deftly this conversation is handled, but they're talking about dealing with depression and other issues uh, in, in regards to mental health. And there's a bit of a disagreement on if prescription drugs is a, an effective form of treatment or not. Byron seems to be of the opinion, leave no stone unturned. He, again, we get this uh, vague description of something that happened to his brother, which 
I made an assumption, which I may not have, which maybe I should not have, but I think he's very concerned about what might happen to Mike, maybe mirroring what happened to his brother. And he's of the opinion, yes, if prescription medication is, a, is, is necessary, let's do it. If not, let's do it. And uh, from what I understand Ella's point of view, I think she wants to try verbal first. Not that she's necessarily against prescription medication to dealing with symptoms. I just think there's a there's a bigger hesitation on her end. At any rate, there's a bit of an argument about that. Arya walks in, record scratch, they drop the argument. She's not dumb. Arya knows what the argument must be about. And I think she even says, this is about Mike. And there's just kind of a an ignoring Hannah, cut to Hannah. She's on the phone with Caleb. We just hear Hannah's side of the conversation because Caleb is not booked for this episode. Uh, Grandma Grandma is just there going through the cabinets and rearranging where stuff is stored. Uh, Tom calls, um, and we find out that Tom wants Hannah and Kate to do a toast together at this big dinner tomorrow night. Again, not sure, not sure why, but uh, okay. And it's very clear that Grandma is pro-Ashley. Uh, she definitely, Grandma, Grandma would prefer... If this wedding does not happen with Tom and Isabel, uh, but Grandma is Tom's mother, so at, the, for, at first I was like, "Wait a minute, why is she? Why is she so uh, pro Ashley?" Anyway, Ashley comes home and some chit chat happens, but then Grandma basically says to Ashley, "You got to fight for Tom." You know, I think Isabel. I don't know if Isabel sucks, but like you're, you're the one for Tom. You need to fight for him. And Ashley's like, "Hey, it's over. That that relationship has ended." And and Ashley said this in her own words a few episodes ago to Tom, and she says it in an indirect way here to uh, grandma that's done my feelings have changed over time i have changed i don't think ashley wants tom back but who knows uh cut to uh the montgomery's mike and aria uh aria kind of walks in and she wants to talk to mike and mike kind of ignores her yeah i think aria's trying to get through to mike and mike doesn't really want to talk about anything you know he doesn't really want to talk about why he was breaking into places and aria does want answers but you know every time anyone comes into mike's room with this a very aggressive energy. Uh, when they see Mike's state, they kind of drop it. Uh, Ella enters, and she starts to ask questions. And uh, content warning here. This is this is very upsetting for me to see. Mike shoves uh, Ella away from him, knocking her into like his little desk area, and she hurts her hand. Like she she stops move. Like she looks like she's hurt. He storms out, and I think he goes into his bathroom or some room, and he closes the door. And Ella says to Arya, this did not happen. Don't tell your father. And I was like, what is going on here? What is happening here? It's very, that, was very, that was a very challenging scene to watch. That was very upsetting. You know, if I were in this situation, I don't know what I would do. Not to get too personal, but I do have family members struggling with their own mental health issues. And I did speak to my therapist one time about it. And my therapist told me, you know, I was trying to get resources for them. I was like, this is the, you know, what can I do? Can I, you know, what, you know, what, what, how do we do this? And what my therapist at the time told me was, you can get all the resources available. You can, uh, you can line all this information up. You, you, you can, you can lay out an entire treatment plan for somebody, but if, if they are not willing to take that first step to go into the room themselves, ultimately it's going to not work because they're going to resist it every step of the way. And I don't know if anyone here has watched a show like Hoarders. Uh, but that's something you see on that show. Also, fair warning, that show is hard to watch because you'll see family members intervene, right? They'll show up with a dumpster, right? And they'll tell you, get your life together and kind of yell at them. And you'll see sometimes people change. Like they'll be like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll clean up. I'll start throwing stuff away. And those that are forced into it, and this is not a blanket rule, but I've noticed anytime someone is not willing at the beginning and kind of does it to make their family members happy, they end up relapsing. They go... 
they have a moment where they're like, this is too far, it's too much. And they not only do they go back to where they were, but they withdraw even further. They're like, everyone get the hell out of here. Get this dump truck out of here. So in this situation with Mike, uh, I don't know if Ari got through to him. Uh, I don't know if the situation that just happened might change things, but uh, this was pretty bad. Cut to Toby in, in a truck. Uh, Spencer and Toby are theorizing about what's going on. They're basically doing what we're doing on this podcast with this truck. And they're like, why was Garrett at Jason's? And how does Jenna fit into all this? All these questions that we've been surrounding. Toby and Spencer are basically focusing on a, everyone else is dealing with their own shit. <laughs> so, so Spencer and Toby are talking about that. And then they said, so who said this? Was it Toby? The ultimate, oh my goodness, moment when he says, we're never, basically Toby says, we're never going to break up. And in that moment, I said, they're totally going to break up. They're totally going to break up. Why would you say that? That's like the ultimate thing in a show that means they're totally going to break up. Anyway, they have some smooch time. And then we get one of the most important scenes, I think, in the show to date. At school, Dr. Ann Sullivan comes and talks to the kids about college. That's, I guess, the pretense of this discussion or this uh, talk. But Dr. Ann, she ain't messing around. During this talk about picking a college, she says, basic, to paraphrase, you can't make good choices if you're not in a safe place. And then she goes on to do a very subtle, implied talk about what it means that this A person is doing what they're doing, right? She doesn't say A, right? She doesn't say they're harassing the liars and all that stuff. But she does say, you know, this will look bad on college admissions. This will look bad on a jury, et cetera. She says all this stuff. Uh, talk about bullying, et cetera. Basically calling out A. If you were in that audience and you were A, you would know you're being called out. The show chose to do something extremely interesting. Now, I might be falling for their trap. I very much realize that. We see the liars. Guess who else we see? Jenna, a little bit of a grin. We see Noel in the audience. Does a smirk. We see Mona going like, oh, this is so boring. Mouths to Hannah. We see Lucas. Guess who we just saw, everybody? We just saw A. Jenna, Noel, Mona, and Lucas. Now, again, maybe the show is trying to trick me, which they've done, but that fits into all the theories that I've had so far. So I did at one point say Jenna knows about A is not participating in it. I don't think I can say that anymore. I don't think she's the head A, though. She might not actually be doing it even herself, but she's involved. Mona is the head of the A group. Noel is a second-in-command, kind of a lieutenant. Lucas, whether knowingly or unknowingly, is a tech support. And Jenna is doing what Jenna does as part of it, in and out, as she sees fit. I am so convinced now. So, so, so convinced. Mona is our head A. Without a doubt, unless I'm proven, di- unless I'm proven differently, which I probably will be, <laughs> I'm absolutely certain of that. And in fact, it makes more sense that the people we think are obviously a part of it are not in charge. And over time, this is my other prediction, over time we'll see like Noel get revealed, right? We'll see Jenna get revealed, etc. All the villains will fall away that are very obviously villains, but A will still go on because Mona will be the head A. Outside, uh, Hannah seemed very nervous. She's like, this is going to be terrible. A is going to be pissed. The other three is like, we, they welcome it. The rest of the liars are like, we need to start taking the fight to A. And actually, I agree as a Somewhat frustrated viewer after all these episodes. Finally, someone is taking on this absolutely almost ridiculous idea that there's someone harassing high schoolers and no one, and there's been no action taken to try and stop it. And I know I've said this before on this podcast, but A's real only power 
is the fact that you, as the victim, won't say anything. If Emily said, said hey, someone, you know, messed with my burn cream and put HGH in there, I realize I might get kicked off the swim team as a result. I might even lose my scholarship. But I didn't do this as a person did. That would be bad for Emily, without a doubt. But A loses their power. If Arya breaks up with Ezra Fitz, or, or they come public with their relationship, I, either, either, either way, A loses all power. So A's, A's hold is on the social construct of these, of these lives in this small town. And so A, A crumbles away, which may be the meta observation that, that A makes about this town, or maybe A justifies their behavior, is that they only do what they do because people aren't being honest with each other. Still. We're not pro-A here. That's, it's still messed up, what they're doing. That all said, Arya catches Ella's eyes, basically about the incident with Mike. That's, that's the implication I'm getting uh, with that. Jenna comes walking out, and they're really all, they're, all of them are quiet for a second, and then someone says, I think Arya says something, oh, I'm going to go to class, and then Jenna says, Arya? And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're here too. And uh, they start to get a little aggressive with Jenna, like, hmm, what do you think about that speech? And then Jenna says something a little interesting, doesn't she? She says, well, it's too little too late. Too bad St. Sullivan wasn't here when Allison was here. Which again, I kind of summarized in my notes. Noel, Mona, Jenna, and Lucas all have intense motive. Because Allison was their A. Allison was really mean. She was, the, she was a vicious bully. And whether Allison turns out to be alive or not, I don't know how the show would even deal with her behavior. Because all the flashbacks that I have seen as a viewer makes her does seem like A. I mean, she, she broke up Noel's relationship. Uh, mercilessly teased Mona, firecracker of doom on Jenna, and gave Lucas, just constantly teased Lucas every, t- every chance he got. Um, and that's just all that we know. Emily basically says, you know, get effed, uh, Jenna, get out of here. Because even if all that is true, and even if the four liars were complicit by not saying anything, they don't deserve what they're d- getting now. But Jenna has motive, right? We find out Grandma's name Regina Marin, and I am now later on this episode you'll understand why Regina was included in this episode. Uh, we get the Philadelphia uh, skyline. I did do a quick Google search, and that B-roll footage we see is indeed the Philadelphia skyline. For those of you listening in Philly, please don't be offended. I just I'm not familiar with the Philly skyline, but uh, yes, they're definitely in Philly. Uh, night at the dinner, uh, Tom introduces Mom to some of Isabel's family. Regina, I, mean, I guess I like Regina. I like Regina more by the episode's end, too. She's kind of really quippy with the people. You can tell that she's a little she's a little down home, and uh, the, the stuffy people here in Philly aren't used to that. I have a little Kate and Hannah, and I don't know why Hannah fell for this, but I knew right away Kate was going to screw her, right? First of all, Kate says she likes the used horse books. You and I know she knows they're not real books or good books. She has, I don't even know if she bothers reading. Sorry, that might be mean to Kate, but you can, I mean, she doesn't. she doesn't care. She doesn't like this. Hannah does genuinely apologize, which I actually believe. I think she is genuinely sorry and wants a better relationship with Kate. And in fact, the incident where she said those things at the horse place, that's a moment of frustration. Hannah was definitely out of comfort zones doing all this to make it all for her dad. That's the whole reason she was even there. I don't think Hannah really cares either way if she's friends with Kate. She knows she's going to have to interact with her if this marriage is going to be a thing. So, uh, So I do believe Hannah when she apologizes. Uh, Kate lies about the threat that she gave Hannah was not a real threat. Of course, we know she was being serious. And I run my notes. Kate's going to roast her. Kate's going to do something terrible. Uh, we can tell Grandma wants to get drunk. She's like, Where, where's the booze? And for some reason, Kate is in charge of the wedding dress. Now, why the wedding dress is at this dinner, I do not know. I would think the dress would not be here, uh, but it is. Okay. And then she's like, hey, you want to get you want to get drunk? I have some uh, I have some booze here in this water bottle. 
And so she puts vodka into uh, both their drinks. We come back to uh, Hanley. Uh, Emily comes home, and uh, Ashley's there making some dinner. And looks like uh, Ashley's making some microwave dinner. Um, we, we come back there a little bit later. Dr. Ann is leaving her office, and then she gets a creepy phone call with a recording of her own voice. I think here A miscalculated. I think A feels very bold, feels very invincible, and they went after Dr. Ann. Dr. Ann calls the police, and uh, they're in her office. Of course, Garrett Undercover walks in. They're like, yeah, not much we can do. And Garrett's like, hey, give me the names of the people you were talking to earlier today so that uh, we can investigate it. And she's like, well, you can't. They're my clients. And he's like, well, there's nothing we can do. Uh, something about Detective Klein. Just mar- earmarking a name here, Detective Klein. Uh, cut back to dinner in Philly. Hannah is definitely getting drunk. We can definitely see that's happening. Uh, she shows Kate pictures of Caleb. Oh, and here's here's the uh, Uncle Roy tactic. So some guy walks in, and Kate's like, oh, I don't want... This guy's creepy. Um, pretend you're drinking. She makes Hannah chug the uh, the vodka lemonade. Trying to speed up the uh, intoxication process here. Cut to Hannah Lee, Emily, and Ashley. And this is kind of a, a lovely scene. Uh, Grandma... We get context, right? Grandma likes Ashley. She, uh, you know, Tom's mom really always liked Ashley. And kind of talking about... Kind of talking about relationships, right, and, uh, and and how they change and grow or don't grow over time. And uh, Ashley brings up Samara and says, is that beyond repair? And Emily's like, maybe, maybe not. She doesn't quite know. And Ashley reveals a little bit, we, you know, we crack the book a little bit more about her and Tom. She says something to the effect of when a, when a relationship ends and there's no closure, sometimes you end up making up the story yourself which is always sometimes well <laughs> which is sometimes worse than the truth uh you make up that conversation you owe the other person closure right you owe the other person a reason to why this is not a thing and then Asha goes to bed cut to aria's house byron comes home and mike did not have dinner again byron says oh hey uh hey ella how's your wrist and she needs to get x-rays it seems to be even a bigger a bigger injury than even I thought. Arya was studying, and she's like, you know what, I gotta leave. So she kind of storms out. You know, Byron also is not stupid, so he's like, hmm, something's going on here. We go, we cut to a restaurant. Emily is waiting for somebody. We thought it was Samara Maya. I, it took up f- three lines in my notebook, Maya, in all caps. Part of me is a, is a tiny bit disappointed she didn't talk to Samara. However, that's overwhelmed by the appearance of Maya. I was so happy to see Maya. And it was a very lovely uh, reunion for the two of them. Uh, they're going to talk, I guess. Cut to Toby Spencer and more some, some, some truck smooching. I think this is at night, right? Uh, so they're smooching in a truck. And they see two shadows in Jason's house. Now, yeah, so, so there's two shadows in the house. This is also very intense. This next scene is super intense. Another content warning. This was a very intense episode, by the way. Spencer's like, I am done running. And she gets out of the truck. She's going to knock on that door and see who the hell is inside Jason's house. Toby's like, no, 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 no. Well, no need to knock. Guess who comes out of the house? Buttercream, her dad. And there's this huge argument. He's like, I don't need to tell you what's going on. She's like, I do. And then Toby throws his throws his two cents in there, says Spencer deserves answers. Buttercream gets scary violent. He is shouting. He's like, you get out, you get out of here, Toby. And Spencer, you go home. And he is, he's, I'll be honest, folks. He was scary. I, I lovingly called this uh, person Buttercream. I thought he was kind of a, a kind of a dweeb. He gets, he gets, I was very scared in that, in the scene. Spencer obviously leaves with Toby and he starts freaking out. And then they do this really frightening scene where they're driving. I didn't even, I would, I, it was like a jump scare. Buttercream smacks the side of the truck, and you see him hit it. Uh, and like Spencer jumps, he's like, get out of the truck. Wow. Very, very, very tense. Very scary. 
So Dr. Ann's in her office doing some stuff. We're going to find out what she's doing later, but we do see a hoodie person outside. Could be vigilante, could be A. Uh, cut back to the restaurant with Emily and Maya. Uh, Maya now lives about 45 minutes away. I think if you go back through my archives, you'd be like, hey, what happened to Maya and her parents? I guess they did just up and leave town, which makes sense because Jason moved back in. So I guess they might have been renting the house, right, or whatever. But So the, so they're back nearish, nearish. Maya makes an A joke. I <laughs> made a note. Emily says to Maya that Pam is more accepting of Emily's sexuality. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But I think Emily is basically relaying that maybe it's with Samara, maybe it's for some other reason, that that old situation won't happen again. So, I don't know. Hannah, cut back to the dinner. Hannah is clearly drunk. Uh, Han- Kate is in charge of the dress, and they go into this huge, I guess it's a bathroom? I don't know. And it's, I'm like, uh, you're, she's setting up Hannah. I mean, we know that uh, watching this in slow motion was kind of torture. She puts the dress on the hook, right? She's like, don't get sick, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go get pizza. And then Hannah walks over to the, you know, Kate leaves. Hannah walks over to the dress. She takes the dress out, starts playing with it, and then she throws up on it. It's like, ugh, all right. <laughs> How victorious should Kate feel for getting a 15-year-old drunk and puking on the dress that she was in charge of watching? I don't know. This plan... This plan's terrible from Kate. Kate is definitely not A. This is a weak, weak plan, uh, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, cut to Spencer. She kind of sneaks back home, and Buttercream is there waiting for her, of course. A little calmer, and he says he has some plot here. Allison's grandmother had a lot of cash, right? And Allison's grandmother, for whatever reason, cut Jason DeLaurentis out of the will. The DeLaurentis parents, uh, I forget their names off the top of my head at the moment, but basically Allison and Jason's parents said, asked Buttercream to change the date of this uh, alteration from Grandma's will so that Jason would get his share of the cash. Buttercream was asked to commit high crimes. And then we get a flashback with Hannah's grandmother. And then Allison is there talking to Grandma, and then we hear Allison's point of view, I guess, in a weird way. She says, would you disown a family member if they were planning to sell a family heirloom to buy drugs? Would you cut someone out of your will? And Al- So that's clearly some sort of, I don't know if this is literal or inferred, a literal thing or just Allison's thing. Um, but then I said, Allison has to come back to collect this cash, right? No offense to the character of Hannah's grandmother. I'm just not entirely sure why she needed to be the one to be in this flashback. I, yeah, I don't really understand her her character. For whatever it's worth, uh, the grandmother does say that Allie should do it. it. You know, someone should do that. So to summarize, this uh, teenager at one point says to Hannah's grandmother, would you cut someone out of your will if they very specifically tried to sell a family heirloom to buy drugs? And Hannah's grandmother just says, well, that's a very reasonable thing to ask an adult. I say, yes, you do that. And Allie just kind of smirks. And then basically coming out of the flashback, Spencer just starts putting it together. She says, that's why Allison went to Georgia, because she got Grandma DeLaurentis to get Jason out of the will. Now, the, um, the whole thing with Ian, I guess, is still up in the air, or I don't know. But that's what Spencer puts together. And then it sounds like Buttercream did indeed break the law for them. He he changed the date on the will against what Allison and the grandmother did so that Jason got his share of grandmother's money. And apparently it's a lot of money. We're not saying how much money, but it's a lot of money. And so it is established here. Buttercream Hastings broke the law for the dealerentuses. And Spencer says, like, what do they have on you? And he just gives her a look. And then we get another we get another huge scene here. Dr. Ann Sullivan is on the case. She's actively looking through her stuff and we can't see the name on this thing. Of course they would they would have a posted over it. I looked, I looked, I looked fans, I did not see it. Uh, but I did catch some text in this file. 
And it says, monitor all activity in the neighborhood. And then one phrase stuck out to Dr. Ann Sullivan, nosy bitches. So a lot of things happen here all at once. First of all, Dr. Ann Sullivan has been talking to somebody who she thinks A might be, right? We saw someone in a hoodie in there with Dr. Ann Sullivan. We also might now understand how A did this. A was seeing this therapist, so it makes sense that they'd be able to bug the office. They'd be able to maybe sneak around and see who are the patients. But again, another, so if we're following this train of thought, right, that A or an A group person or somebody that is in this, in this lane of attacking Dr. Ann Sullivan uh, and by proxy the liars and does not want to be found out, not associated with Garrett undercover, right? Because if Garrett slash Jenna were involved in this circle, Garrett would need to say what he said to Dr. Ann Sullivan. He wouldn't need to say, who were you talking to? He would already know. In fact, that whole scene would be played very differently. There would be no theatrics for anybody in that room other than the audience, which I don't think the show would stoop to that level. So that tells me, once again, we have different A groups. Jenna Garrett are not necessarily on the inside of whatever's happening here. They're different factions, if you will. Cut back to the uh, dinner in downtown Philadelphia. Hannah is trying to wash the dress. She's been crying. I feel so bad for her in this moment. There's so many things wrong with what Kate did to Hannah here. I can't even get into it. Tom comes in there. Unfortunately, Tom does the reaction I dreaded he would. Of course, he's mad at Hannah, which is what Kate wanted. He's like, this is what you wanted, Hannah. Like, he doesn't have any moment to think to himself what might be really going on here. Very disappointed in Tom here. I'm kind of disappointed in Tom every time I see him a little bit more. Uh, this is the most disappointed in Tom I have been. I wrote my notes, Kate wins. And uh, Grandma hugs Hannah. And in this moment, I gotta be honest, I felt this was really lame. This whole this whole storyline for Hannah uh, was really effing lame. But there's a but coming. I come back to Aria. So Byron and Ella are downstairs having a chat, doing whatever they're doing. Aria comes downstairs. And again, this is progress for our liars, right? She's like, look, we've been all keeping secrets and I'm tired of keeping secrets. I kept a secret from you mom that my dad asked me to and that led to a whole list of problems and she's like i'm tired of it i'm tired this family is not gonna survive if we keep doing this so she says to them mike broke in into a lot of houses and i didn't tell the both of you and i'm sorry i didn't tell the both of you but i'm telling you now he has been doing a lot he's been doing this a lot and i guess they didn't know that i i guess i guess yeah i guess it makes sense they didn't know that i didn't think it that they would not have known that and another, you know, every episode I will say, even if I'm very critical of it, there's usually at least one scene with incredible acting. And here you see Ella looking to her daughter and you see both emotions. You see this don't do what you're about to do. And at the same time on her face, you see uh, like, yeah, I think we need I think we need to be honest with everybody. But there's there's both emotions happening at the same time. And it is very expertly done. And I felt the struggle. I, I saw all sides here. And in the end, though, I was so glad Ari was like, Let's just be honest. And at the second you think she's going to be the one to say something, Mike starts walking downstairs. And Ella's face, I, I just, I wrote, I drew a face of someone crying in my notebook here. You see all those complex emotions come to the surface. Byron, you know, poor, poor dummy Byron is like, well, what's going on? What's going on? And we are to infer, although it's not said on screen, I inferred from the scene that Mike is about to be very vulnerable with his parents about what's going on with him. Uh, including be honest about the incident where he shoved his mother, which hopefully Byron keeps his cool. We don't see this episode, a spoiler alert. We don't find out how he reacts, but hopefully this is a moment that we can see the Montgomery's start to heal, at least internally. Cut back to the uh, party in Philadelphia. Uh, the dress is ruined. The dress is destroyed. Grandma Hannah is like, just let it go. Let it go. 
And then, so satisfying. Kate kind of walks in there and is like, oh, I'm surprised. I thought you'd be by yourself. Grandma knows. Grandma's been doing this shit since long before Kate was born, right? She knows. She digs into the purse. She finds a couple water bottles. She goes, one of these had booze, one of these didn't. And she knows Kate set up Hannah, <laughs> which was satisfying. I, I was very, I thought this was all very lame. And then that did kind of turn around for me a little bit. And then Hannah turns around and <laughs> threatens Kate for some reason. She's like, what? <laughs> what did, I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> Basically, Hannah says, you know, you do this again and I'm going to make the, I'm going to make this world now painful for you. Uh, so the tables have turned a bit on Kate. Kate kind of and runs out of there. Uh, and Grandma and Hannah kind of are a team. So that felt a little satisfying. There might be a helicopter or something. Uh, but Emily and Maya, we get one last uh, bit of this conversation. Maya is speaking to me <laughs> in this moment. Uh, you know, I don't know if Trina's listening to this or not. Uh, but she says to Emily, she, sh- she shoved you or your head underwater and you still dated her. Uh, <laughs> I was so Emily in that moment. I would have been like, well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You see? Anyway, um, in this moment, uh, you sense a lot of reconciliation. You sense a lot of like, oh, maybe Emily and Maya can be a thing again, right? Then the phone rings. Dr. Ann Sullivan calls, uh, come to the office now. And we hear Ann Sullivan say the words that we've been waiting for for 30 episodes or so. I know who A is. Boom. Call goes off. Party's assembled. Hannah is kind of stuck in the car. Grandma, although I thought she wasn't going to join them, but she does. I guess Grandma must turn the car around or something. All four of them rush over to Dr. Ann's office. They go inside the office. Dr. Ann is not in her office. They're all looking around, looking around, looking around. Then they all get a text. All at the same time. It says the doctor is out dash A. And then I was kind of disappointed with the the post credits again. We see A taking a bag, putting all the files away. All that effort that we did for this past few episodes is now in the toilet. Kind of frustrating as a viewer, but I get it. And then we see where the little cute catchphrase comes from. It's a little Sigmund Freud. The doctor is in a bobble. I'm sure that's a piece of gear you can buy on the Freeform gift shop. Uh, and the bug was there. So that make that tracks for me. You know, if if A or an A group person had been going to see this therapist, I don't think it was a huge secret that they were going there. Very easy to book an appointment. However, one clue we do have is that Dr. Ann does not see siblings. So it probably wasn't Mike that planted the bug. Uh, but Hannah obviously doesn't have a sibling. Emily doesn't have a sibling. Spencer, so it's probably not Melissa that did that uh, for Spencer. But that narrows our suspects down very narrowly. I've gone very long today, so I'm just going to end on this. I am now convinced, without a shadow of a doubt, that come the series end, because we all know, let's just call let's just call it like it is, we're not going to get closure until the series finale. And even then, who knows? <laughs> I'm going to say it here now. Mona is our ringleader. However things shake out over the course of the next years, however that works out, I think that she she is the one behind this, this version of A, or th- this effort of A. Noel... Uh, all these other groups are fall underneath her or they may not even know they're working for her. But she is, to me, the mastermind behind it all. Allison is part of another group of A's, basically co-opting the uh, group to do what she needs to do to eventually uh, come back uh, that I'm alive. Because I, th- I do think her life is in danger because I think she knows stuff that would really hurt s- the person who tried to kill her. I think, you know, in a court of law, I don't think it matters if you intended to kill somebody or not, I think if someone hurt her and tried to bury her uh, and did not obviously bring it to the police, that is a very serious crime. So I think Allison remains hidden until we are, as an audience, revealed to be who is the person that uh, attacked her initially 
and then tried to bury her. That doesn't answer the other part of the equation is how she got out of there and et cetera, et cetera. But we'll see Allison back out from hiding when the person responsible for what happened that night is discovered and apprehended. Could be Garrett. Could be could be Jason. I'm sorry, drop something. Could be Ian. Could be Melissa. Could be someone else entirely. Uh, but that's my prediction. I've been Chris McGowan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at McGoogs. In case you're chooching at Mac to the Gow. Thank you for listening. And I have said so much, way too much. Mm-hmm.